you for listening to the Gospel in Lagos. We pray you've been blessed by this message. To learn more about City Church, visit www.citychurchlagos.com. City Church, love Jesus, love people, love Lagos. Good morning, church. I'll be taking our Bible reading for today. At the end of the reading, I will say, this is the word of the Lord. Please respond by saying, thanks be to God. Our Bible reading is taken from the book of John, chapter 8, verse 12 to 20. John 8, 12 to 20. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are, appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, Even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid, for I know where I came from, and where I am going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Then they asked him, Where is your Father? You do not know me or my Father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one sees them because his hour had not yet come. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hey, everyone. Um, how are we doing? Um, thank you. Thank you again for joining us this Sunday for um, our Sunday worship service. We're so glad to have you um, around. Thank you very, very much. And see, we've been doing this series now. This is the third Sunday in this series. This is the third sermon in that series. Um, and this series is focused on the I am sayings of Jesus Christ, you know, from the book of, of John, Gospel of John. Um, and in this book, you know, John recorded Jesus saying about seven I am sayings. Um, but in this series, we decided to focus on just a, a few of them, not all of the seven, just a few of them. And see, the first Sunday, Emmanuel showed us that Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. The bread in this world, all the breads in this world will not satisfy you. But my bread, me, I am the bread. I don't give bread. I am the bread. And if you eat me, you'll be fully satisfied. In the last week, um, Pastor Fermi showed us how that Jesus is the door and the good shepherd. It's the door and the good shepherd. The good shepherd, he rescues us. He calls us by name. He knows us. He leads us to the still waters. You know, he, 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 um, he restores our soul. And so he showed us how Jesus is the good shepherd. And today, um, the I am saying that we're considering is um, in John 8, 
um, verses 12 to 20, as it's, as it's been read to us. And here Jesus is saying that, I am the light of the world. You see, just looking at all of these I am sayings, you know, all the other places when you say, I am divine, I am the resurrection and the life, I am, um, you know, all of these I am sayings. I don't know how it comes across to you. You know, for, for me, when I think through them, it sounds like, you know, all those um, salesmen, you know, maybe you, if you used to take, um, or if you still take those long mobile buses, you know, someone comes to the bus and is trying to sell something, you just stand up and say, ah, my name Nata, where, where? You see this, you see this drug, you see this, see this medicine. Normally for markets, na 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 seven fifty, but because they do bonanza, they're always doing bonanza. Bonanza where they give out for two fifty. You see this drug, eh? She na headache, she na back pain, she na pie, she na malaria, she na stomach pain, she na menstruation, she na everything, nothing. My name na Atawewe. It isn't a small to call me that name, Atawewe. Nobody trying me, we fail. Nobody testing. People there, if you don't use more drug for this motor, use your hand. You know, the guy goes on and on. You know, if you've had the bus over and over again, when you just see someone stand up, hangs his speaker by the side of the window and start making this proclamation, you just say, oh goodness, and I don't want to score. And this I am saying of Jesus can come across like that to you. He's just saying different things. Does it really mean what he saying? What does this really mean? Or maybe to you, the I am sayings of Jesus is like, it's, like, it sounds like it may sound very crazy or it may sound insane to you. Maybe like the it sounds always like um, Trump's tweets or Kanye West's tweets. You know, I want and Kanye West, I'm God, you know, I'm Jesus. Or Trump just comes out and says all kinds of things. Is he saying these things because he wants to trend? Is he saying this thing because he wants to sell a new album? Is he saying this thing because he wants to win an election? So is Jesus saying these things because he just wants to gather a following? He wants to say something that is different, something that is unique so that people can follow him. He's just saying all manners of stuff from his mouth. And so when he says, I am the light of the world, this may not sound so shocking to you because you've grown up in church or because you've gone outside, you've heard Christians talk about this all the time. Oh, we are the light of the world. Oh, Jesus is the light for some of us who have light. But if we, if, we, if we take an historical look, if we try to picture the setting in which Jesus uttered these statements, we will see how shocking this statement appeared, or this, this statement came out to those people who listened to him, to those people who heard this statement, just as shocking as Trump's tweet might be, just as shocking as Kanye's tweet might be. You see, it was the final day of what is called the Feast of the Barnacles, Feast of the Boots. And what was this feast about? You see, this feast was to celebrate how God had mightily, how God had wondrously delivered the people of Israel from oppression, from slavery. You see, at this, in this feast, um, what a number of things happened. You see, in this place, you say this is the final day. If you look, if you read John 7, you say this is the final day of the feast. You see, this feast, what they would do is they celebrate it once a year um, and to recount how God delivered them from the wilderness. You know, first of all, they will have, they will come out, so people will come out and make these boots, these tabernacles, you know, just small, small tents in the wilderness, just outside in the space area to say, okay, to remind them that this is how God delivered us when we did not have houses, when we didn't have a temple, when we didn't have a city of our own. Then there's also a water pouring part of this festival, this feast, where this will celebrate how that God smoked the rock and gave them water in the wilderness. You see, and the third thing that they do in this feast is this part of the light. You see, there is a portion in the tabernacle where different lamps are lit up, you know, lights, lights, can, they call it candelabra. So just big candles, big lamps are lit up. 
And he said that these lights, you know, are so bright that they illuminate not just the temple, but they illuminate the entire city. And then people dance round and round and round and round and round it all the day. You see, this makes a lot of sense because, you see, this, this light means a lot to people because this same light was not just, you see, how, how God delivered people in the wilderness. This light would, I mean, in, in Exodus 13, we'll see that when God was leading people through the wilderness, he would appear before them in a pillar of cloud by day. And he said, uh, by night, he would, he would go behind them as a pillar of fire, guiding them. You see, this light that he was celebrating, why did, why this, why this light made so much sense was, you see, this light not only led them or gave them direction um, or showed them what was ahead of them. You see, this light also fought for them, the enemies. You remember um, in Exodus, when God was to deliver them from, from the Egyptians, they were going ahead and you see this pillar of fire stayed in between them and the Egyptians and fought them and killed several of, the, of their enemies. And so when the Jews gather in the temple and they lit up all these lamps, they're just remembering how God wondrously delivered us through his light. And so, on the final day of this feast, why they are wrapping up this, why they may have just put out the lights and they are trying to pack up, you know, pull down all the settings and everything. And then Jesus, a carpenter, one man from Nazareth, a man who, um, who, who they knew his father, Joseph, just one guy around the neighborhood. Like he's not from, he's not educated, he didn't go to school, he's not trained like the Pharisees. And he stood up in the middle of all of this celebration and he said, I am the light of the world. <laughs> Guys are looking. What, what, he has come again. He said he was bread. He said, he's, what, is, what is he saying this time? You see, this was how shocking it was to them. We are celebrating something that our ancestors, our fathers have celebrated. We are remembering how the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had delivered us using light. And then this young man. You see, Jesus was saying, see, I've seen all this celebration that you're celebrating. I've seen all these lights. I've seen everything. But you see, these lights... What are they? I am. I am the light of the world. I am. I am that pillar of cloud. I am that pillar of fire. And so because this was shocking to the people, they challenged him. That's what we see in our text. They they challenged him. The Pharisees challenged him. They said, your testimony is not valid. See, in our own time today, we, we may not be able to relate to this actual story, but what is, what is common in our own time is, is, in fact, we have, you know, unlike in those days where they only had sun and moon and then when they lit these lamps. Today, we have what you may call light pollution. All kinds of light. We have, there's no sun, there's no light. We have solar, we have gen, we have inverter, we have lamps, we have um, um, street lights. We have all kinds of lights. We have even... Um, um, phone lights, like if you, some of us, because you, maybe you don't put on gen throughout the night, you even charge your phone so that you can even use the touch light from your phone. That's why I keep using my phone. The phone that I use, people keep mocking me. But I, when I use that phone, my phone has touch lights. It's not here. It reminds me. It makes me. It makes me cherish. It makes me cherish lights. We cherish these lights. You guys don't know. You guys don't know. You see, we have all of these lights around us. Light pollution. <clears throat> but then. I want to ask us, when was the last time that you took the time to just gaze at the stars? You know, you're just overwhelmed. You just say, you just put down your phone, you put everything around you and say, let me just, I just want to stare at the sun. I just want to look through, I just want to look at, I just want to peer into the Milky Way and observe the greatness and the glory of God. 
Not often. Uh, maybe the last time he did that was um, at your pre-wedding photo shoot. You were at the beach, and then the photographer said you had to wait for the sun to set, you know, the beauty of the sun, so you can just snap this beautiful picture. You see, this greater light, the sun, has become more just like a backdrop in your life, you know, just something that is just there, but that we don't take care of. Why? Because we have become so distracted, we have become so attracted to this lesser light, this lesser light around us, this lesser light on our phones, and forgotten this greater light. You see, Jesus is saying to these people, saying, I'm the light of the world. These lamps that you glorify and you're, you're praising, they're dancing around, that's giving you so much joy, that's giving you so much beauty, that is making you sit and you say, they are lesser lights when compared to me. I am the light of the world. You see, there is an exhibition um, that's traveled around like 140 cities in, um, around the world now. It's called Dialogue in the Dark. Dialogue in the Dark Exhibition. And then the different reasons for this exhibition. But they say the aim of this exhibition is to show, to make people, um, to make people um, appreciate orderness, to make people to tolerate one another, to make people see things in a different perspective. It's, and in this exhibition, about, I think it's about 90 minutes, this exhibition goes for about 90 minutes. You pay um, a few dollars, a few pounds, depends on the country um, where, you are, where, you are, where you are experiencing it. And then you do all manners of things in this it's totally dark, like dark exhibition. You take a walk through the park inside the exhibition. You take a boat cruise inside this exhibition. You, um, you find yourself in the woods inside this exhibition. And all the while, you are being led by a blind person in the dark in this exhibition. You are being led by a blind person or a visually impaired person. And all you have is your walking stick, one white walking stick that you use throughout. Totally dark. <laughs> And people have all kinds of experiences. So when people first get in, different people will react in different ways. Some will shout, hey, yeah, yeah. They'll be calling their mommy or their daddy or calling their friend, hey, hey. As if by shouting, they'll be rescued. Some other people, they'll just start laughing. <laughs> you know, you're scared. Huh? You just want to, you want to show that you're at ease. And they just start laughing. <laughs> Some people faint. So this exhibition. You see, when Jesus says that I am the light of the world, he says, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Jesus is saying, see, apart from me, the world is in darkness. Apart from me, you guys are in darkness. Apart from me, the rest of the people, you all are in darkness. How do we know? Oh, look at how hysterical we are. Look at how we shout. Look at how we're not at ease. Look at how things are taking life from us. Look at how we are trying to find our balance, trying to, you know, just to cope with our condition, trying to live under so much pressure, just like these people, shouting, fainting, laughing hysterically. Look at the Pharisees. You see, the Pharisees look at this man who has said, I am the light of the world, and they challenged him. He said, no, no, your testimony is not valid. Why? He said, he said you are the only one that is witnessing to yourself. You see, for a man to have said, I am, did he even consider, could this be what David has spoken of? He said, I am the light. He said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom I shall not fear. The Lord is my, is, the Lord is my stronghold. Of whom I shall not be afraid. Oh, is this the I am that Moses came to meet our fathers and said, I am? They didn't consider that. They don't say, no, your testimony is not valid. He said, they had been expecting this light. They had been dancing around this light, hoping that one day the light will come. And now the light is before them. And they just laugh at the one. And now they just shout at him. Now they just challenge him. 
This light is exposing their ignorance. This light is showing that they are in deep, utter darkness. You see, for some of us, you see, this is, this is the traditions of these people stopping them, their pedigree. This is their cherished taste, their opinion stopping them from coming in contact, from following these lights. So what are those strong opinions? You might even be a Christian, those strong opinions of ours. What are those proven methods that you have? Who are those seers that you know? What are those practices that you hold that prevent you from expressing the light of God? You see, you will know how well have these things helped you. Do you feel like you're at ease in the midst of all that is going on in the world right now? In the midst of all that is going on in your life, do you feel at ease? Do you have this peace? Do you have this direction? Do you feel like you know enough to be fine, to be stable? You see, this light is exposing you. When Jesus comes into your life, when you, for you to really know, he exposes your ignorance, he exposes your darkness. And he tells you that the things that you have trusted in your traditions, your taste, your pedigree, he says, it's not enough. What you need is me. You don't just need Bible study. You don't just need pastor. You don't just need prayer meetings. You don't just need this kingdom. Um, this. You don't just need go to a mountain. He says, what you need is me. I am the light. I don't just give the light. If some of us might be non-Christians, and this reminds me of, of an interview I watched by a, a, a rising actor now, a rising actress. You see, she said, oh, that she had fallen out of Christianity. You see, she, she was a Pentecostal Christian. And that was where she started learning how to, after reading the Psalms, she learned how to write poems. She learned how to, um, to, 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 start, to start expressing her art. She joined a drama club, but then she was, you know, expressing all of that. And she got so, she got so, into the drama, she got into her art that she felt, oh, the art was now coming in, in sharp contrast to her faith. And then one day she went to church and she felt, man, all of this is just drama. All of these things, I've seen this preaching, this singing, everything is drama. I don't believe in this. And so she dropped her Christianity. <laughs> and then the interviewer asked her, I said, ah, Michaela, like, but if Christianity was the base, was the form, was what gave you um, this, this big foundation for your work. He said, what have you filled it with? What have you, what have you put in the place of God? He said, you see, um, you see, you know, the Christian, you know, we know what Christianity is. Christianity is about spreading light, you know. But I started getting light from other people. You see, now what I've replaced God with is, is authenticity. You see, I've replaced God with, with the beauty of I don't know. Is it just, just not knowing, just, just this mystery? I still read the Bible, but, you know, I, I, just, I just lost in the mystery. There's a lot of good things in the Bible, and a lot of nice stuff. Like, it's helpful stuff. You see, it works for many people, so I'm not going to trash it. You see, but I'm just fine with this authenticity. I'm fine with this beauty of I don't know. You see, Jesus is saying, you can't just take me as someone that solves your problem. You can't just take me as someone that is wise and smart. You can't just take me as someone who, um, who is spiritual, who is inspirational. He said, I am the light. You must accept that you are in darkness for you to really have light. So you see, for us Christians, for us in, tra in traditional religion, we believe that we, have, we are not in darkness because we are so contented with lesser lights, with the lesser things of life, with the lower fruits of our religion. You see, for those of you that may not be Christians, you are contented with darkness. You have become so used to darkness that you are beginning to see in it. You see, when people come out at the other end of the dialogue in the dark exhibition, they come out, you know, they say, wow, my other senses are attuned now. 
you know, I can, you know, my hearing, my nose, my eye, they are more attuned. You know, I don't really need my eyes so much. You know, one person said, it's after the exhibition. I just went home, you know, shut my eyes and I see like, wow, like, why? Like, they are older, like, why? Why do we price the eyes so, so much? You become so used to the darkness that you feel like you don't need light. And Jesus is saying, no, I am the light of the world. You are in darkness, you are in ignorance. You don't know. You don't know where I'm coming from or where I'm going. He said to the Pharisees. It's when Pharisees asked him, but who is your father? He said, you don't know my father. You don't know me, so you can't know my father. And so the first darkness we see is a darkness that is illustrated in our ignorance, in our not knowing enough to be at ease or to be at peace in this world. So, you see, you might say, oh, I'm speaking too, too many metaphors here. Dialogue in the dark. I'm speaking too many metaphors here. Light, so darkness. Is it Jesus spoke in these metaphors because he was trying to, oh, to, to make us comprehend a, a deeper reality, a very, very spiritual reality. But if I try to be plainer to us, to those of us asking, he said, how do I know that I'm in darkness? How do I know that I'm living in ignorance? How do I know that I'm the person Jesus is talking to? So ask yourself, is it, are you stumbling? You see, when light comes into a dark place, we are able to, we are able to see clearly. You see, for those in that, in that exhibition, they miss their way. If they're not familiar with the surrounding, they keep on things. They move this way. They're trying to find their way. You see, when light comes, it allows us to walk freely. But are you looking at your life as a Christian and saying, you think you figured it out. You think you know what it takes for you to live your life. But you feel like your life is more about stumbling. You see that the path they are going, you're almost falling off the right way. You're almost, you've drawn so far away from God in your closeness to Him. And now you live and obey His commands. You're falling off the darkness. Or do you find yourself in despair? Not like Christians will not go through dark moments or go through sad times or go through um, unexplainable moments. But do you find yourself in despair such that you, you, don't, you don't feel like there's hope? You don't feel like there's a way out of, for, out of, out of this condition for yourself? It is either you have become so confident with using a lesser light or you have become so used to managing darkness. You see, one more. I see for Michaela. Michaela said, Michaela said that I just keep going to the church and I ask them one thing. You know, when I'm, I was in church, I asked them, do you guys believe in gays? Do you guys allow gays? Once I don't get a clear answer, I move. I found myself in a cafe church and I asked them, hey, hey what's up? Do you guys gays, transgender? They say, no, I move. For the Pharisees, what do they say? They say, hey, do you have another witness? Oh, this testimony is not valid. You see, when you, do you find yourself constantly challenging God, constantly challenging his precepts? Oh, why must I, why must we give this, uh, this, this offering? Why must I visit my brother? Oh, why must I uh, be in community? Oh, why must I keep challenging the tenets of God? Sister, brother, you are in darkness. Jesus is saying to you, I am the light that you need. Stop challenging me. Oh, why do Christians not accept this? Why are Christians like this? Why is Christ like this? You keep challenging the faith. You see, the, the darkness you have become used to, how well is that working out for you? You keep stumbling, you keep falling right away, you keep challenging the one who has proclaimed himself to be the solution you need to, 
to be the, the light and knowledge that you need. Friend, you're in darkness. But Jesus is, I am the light of the world. But why do we stay in darkness? You see, John talks about it over and over again. In his gospel, he talks about it. In his in other letters he wrote, in 1 John 1, 2, 3, he keeps talking about it. You see, he said, God, the light has come into the world, but the people prefer to stay in darkness. But you see, in John 3, verse 19 to 20, he makes it very clear. He said, this is the verdict. He said, okay, 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 this is the final. This is the verdict. He said, this is why people love to stay in darkness. This is why we still remain in darkness and in ignorance, even though it's not working out for us, even though we keep stumbling, even though we keep falling off the right way. He said, why? He said, light has come into the world, but people remain in darkness because they love evil. You see, you know, not everyone, like that may not, that may not be so obvious, though, but not everyone appreciates light. And if, we, if we take a random survey now, in this city or in our neighborhood and ask, oh, how many of you want that at night there should be no light, there should be no street light, there should be no nepa, there should be nothing. And you feel like that would be good for your, for your work, that would be good for your pressure, that would allow you to function well. Or oh, you think there will be no people who want that? You think there are no persons who will raise up their hand in that kind of survey? Of course there will be. Burglars, thieves, armed robbers will say, ah, that is what we want. If there is no darkness, we can't walk. We love it. If there's no, if we don't cut out the light from the person's house and are able to penetrate in darkness, we will not be able to walk. So, and Jesus is saying, oh, we love darkness because it allows us to continue to live our lives in the way that we want, in the evil way, to continue to do evil deeds. You see, is this example of a, of a, of a man, there's a particular religion, according to the Brahmins, I think they're in India. And then, so one time a missionary went to that, um, to the country, to the town where they live. And you know, these guys don't like killing animals, this particular caste or their religious sect. They don't like killing animals, they don't like killing things. And so the guy will not kill any animal, will not kill fly, will not, he can't kill, because everything is sacred and precious. They are part of this world and this nature. You know, so the missionary said, why? Like, why will you not kill? He said, no, I don't do that kind of stuff. So I said, okay. He said, but if saw the guy drinking water, he said, ah, Bruv, why are you drinking water? He said, ah, that's the only peaceful, that's the only fine thing. It's not doing anything. Ah, and he said, ah, really? Are you sure? Do you know that there are a lot of microbes, there are a lot of minuscule organisms, there are a lot of um, agents, viruses, all kinds of COVID-related, all kinds of stuff inside the water that you drink? And when you gulp them down, you are killing thousands and millions of stuff. Guys said, no, 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 no. The missionary gave the guy a microscope. I said, look at it by yourself. And so when the guy looked at looked the microscope to look at the water, and he found, wow, 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 all kinds of stuff. What did the Brahmin guy do? Instead of accepting and saying, oh, okay, the guy chose to break the microscope. He broke the microscope, telling himself the lie that I, if he can't see, then it doesn't exist. That, oh, if, if he's not noticeable, if he's not observing it, if he's not, then he's not, he's not clean anything. You see, and that is how some of us have come to live. We live deceiving ourselves, denying ourselves of this reality, loving darkness so much that we will push ourselves, keep running away from the light that is Jesus, keep running away from the light of the world, deceiving ourselves that we are fine, we are fine. 
He said, how do you know this? How do you know that you love darkness? All of us, we are children of the light. We are the light of the world. You know, we are shining bright. Or those are not questions. You know, people, like many people, you find this on people's bios now. They say, love and light. You know, spread love and light. It's not about religion. It's spreading love and light. Well, how do you know they are, they are living in darkness? You see, John says in one of his letters, in 1 John 1, he says that, you see, when you don't love your brother or your sister, he says you are living in darkness. Oh, you see, apart from light exposing our ignorance, light also comes to expose the evil, now comes to expose evil, comes to expose sin. See, if you find yourself, what are those things that you are hiding? What are those things that you are hiding and keeping away from your friend, that you are keeping away from your brother, that you are keeping away from your sister, that you are keeping away from your boss? What are those things that you do in secret that, you won't, that nobody else can know about? As close as you are to your wife, that thing that she should know about, but I can't tell her because it's so evil, it's so grave. That which your boss, if he hears about it, you are going to be fired tomorrow. So are you living in integrity? Are you living consistently? If you're not, bro, if you're not, sis, you're living in darkness. And Jesus is saying to you, I am the light of the world. Whosoever follows me does not have to live that way. Whosoever follows me will not walk in darkness at all. Or do you live your life such that people question your actions? You see, are you living so well at work? Are you living so well in your office? Are you living so well in your home or your family? That people are saying, no, stop that. No, 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 that thing is going to cover us. That, you are doing too good. You are doing too well. Put that light out. No, 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 no. In this office, this is how we do it. We add money to what we are doing because we know that if we don't do that, how are we going to make from the government? No, 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 no. In this place, we don't, uh, we don't, we don't, like when you come to this house, this is how we treat. The ourselves are not the same as, no, no, no. We don't, we like separate. We don't talk to them. We don't, but he's saying that if you treat, if you treat people the same way that others treat people, or if you live your life in a way that the world, people around you are not, that are told, they're not saying, no, that is too much. No, 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 I can't be doing that. Uh-uh, you're foolish now. Uh-uh, you're mumu now. Uh-uh, you don't know what's happening. He's saying, check, are you sure that you're not loving darkness? I am the light of the world. You see, for the, for the Pharisees and for the Jews, for the people of God, they worship around these lamps when they lit it up on the final day and they are hoping that, you know, one day our God is going to come again. You know, the way the pillar of cloud followed us through the wilderness, it fought for us. The pillar of cloud, when we add just tabernacles, the pillar of cloud of fire will set upon the tabernacles. You know, God didn't just stop there. God will still follow them. I am. We still went to them in pillar of cloud and fire. See, they built the temple. This is when they built the temple. The pillar of cloud was over the temple. People could not stand. People could not look at it. They could not gaze at it. When the pillar of cloud descended upon Mount Sinai, people knelt down. They bowed and they said, this is too much for us. This is too much for us. We don't want it. It's too bright. Moses, can you go and talk to God? And then you come and talk to us. And then Moses went to talk to God. The people could not stare at Moses' face because Moses' face was so bright. So you see, these people, you see, these people wanted to be with God. They wanted to know God. But again, when God now, when God came so close to them, it was too bright for them to be able to be with God. It was just too, it was too much. They needed God to be with them, but they could also not be with God because it was just too much for them. It's as though it would. If they don't have him, they will die. But if they have him, they will still die. 
And see, like I said, we are distracted by these lesser lights, but we know how beautiful, we know how great these greater lights are. And so we're asking, so what is this going to happen? What is going to solve this problem? How are we going to have this in our life? It's not just too much for us. How can we solve this? And Jesus appears and says, and God says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to appear as light still. I'm going to appear as I am still. But I'm going to appear in a way that you can touch me. I'm going to appear in a way that you can handle me. I'm going to appear in a way that you can see me. I'm going to appear in a way that you can come near me. And how did God appear? God appeared in the form of Jesus, a man, human. Born in the manger, born to Joseph and Mary. Walked as a carpenter, a man, but still I am. And this man came to me and said, I am the light of the world. You see, this man did not stop there. You see, as this man lived his life, he kept showing for his light in doing good works, in doing good things, in healing, in doing miracles, in preaching, and keep declaring. And he went on that way to say, see, I'm not done. See, this is not ultimate revelation of God. This is not God done in doing his work finally. And then he went to the cross. He laid down his life. Because what he was going to give us, he said, those say, I am the light of the world. Whosoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You see, this darkness is not just about we seeing. It's not about just we having new eyes. It's about we having a new life. And so when the light of the world was hung up, was nailed to the cross and crucified by these people whom he had made but did not know him, Bible recorded that when he was on the cross crying and shouting and in pain and agony, that it was utter darkness all over the earth. There was utter darkness all over the face of the world. See, Jesus entered this darkness for our sake. This Jesus, this light of the world, suffered this darkness for our sake so that we all that believe in him, that put our trust in him, no matter how in despair we might be, no matter how confused and uneased we might be in this life, no matter how much we are challenging God, I don't like to do this, but why am I always just challenging God? Why am I just asking God questions? Why am I just loving darkness? You see, Jesus went through darkness so that you can come from that kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. He went through darkness on your behalf. I am the light of the world. I'm not standing and far off and saying that you're too bad or you're too, you're too, you're too bad or you're too, um, you're too dry for me or you're too sick for me. I come near you. I come so close to you. And if that is not enough, I die for you so that you can come into this light. I love you more than you love darkness. I love you more than you love to hide. I love you more than you love to challenge me. I love you more than you love to run away from me. The more you run away from me, I run towards you. Can you just stop for this moment and follow me? Jesus is asking you. So brother, sister, Christian, would you stop from stumbling? Do you want to, keep, do you want, do you want to stop from stumbling or stop from falling from the right way? Can you turn now and follow Jesus, the light of the world? Non-Christian friend, do you want to end this despair? Do you want to end this constant challenging? Do you want to end this darkness of soul and spirit and follow the light of the world today? Jesus is saying to you, I am the light. Thank you for listening to the Gospel in Lagos. We pray you've been blessed by this message. To learn more about City Church, 
visit www.citychurchlagos.com. City Church. Love Jesus. Love people. Love Lagos.